0: The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? I have a treat for you today this is the first official sales hustle live and boy do I have a guest for you. I have got Steve Nuttleberg who is a speaker, author, training trainer, LinkedIn guru and he is going to bring nothing but sales fire for you today. Steve, welcome to the show.
1: I'm so excited to be here. You and I have done this kind of thing before which I think is one of the great byproducts of this virtual society that we have. You're on the other side of the country, but we get to interact and do and build relationships. So I'm excited to be here. I know you've had some other people on, like my son, uh, who is the president of our firm. So I love what you do. I love how you do it. I love the way you think, and I'm excited to spend uh, the next 20, 30 minutes shooting the shit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do let's dive in before we start to talk shop here. Uh just you know, for those folks out there that might, you know, live on a deserted island, tell them who you are and how you got into sales. Give us the short clip notes version and then cool, let's ho- hop into the tactical stuff.
1: So I have been a career slash biz dev guy my whole life. And that's talking 40 plus years um of Uh, learning. My family was uh, an entrepreneurial family. We talked about all this kind of stuff at the dinner table. So I was around it. I was intoxicated by it. And so just like any other craft, I wanted to get great at it. I thought it was good. I love the people aspect of it, but you know, I think too much focus has always been on selling. I like the other side of it is just the people side. So that's where I focused, um, I've been fortunate that over the course of my career, I've had a couple of wins. I've had a couple of gigantic failures, which always freaks people out. They go, wow, man, mm-hmm. talk about your failures. They were the best thing ever to happen to me. I learned a lot. So I'm a student of the game. Um, as you said, I'm, you know, I've been successful in my career, but I'm an author. I wrote a book called Confessions of a Serial Salesman. It's 27 rules for influencers and leaders. It's you know funny, but... You know, it's my legacy to the world. I wanted my sons, my grandson to know who I was. That led me to a speaking career all over the world. And two years ago, you know, we started pivoting our training methodology to start using virtual. And you, we all know what happened in March, man. Everybody jumped in the Zoom pool. We were already there. We already know how to teach people how to do that. So uh, it has never been easier to meet people of quality at scale and uh, it's never been more fun so that's that's me and you know I have very opinionated way of uh, of thinking and talking and so I'll share whatever questions you ask you got me
0: yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh for giving us the, the short story there. So sounds like sales was in your blood. I mean, I don't know, were you running around as a kid growing up saying I want to be a salesman?
1: <laughs> you know what's funny, it's that you know, the the typical when someone says salesperson, you automatically think sleazy, or, you know, maybe yeah. the auto business, you know, there's a stereotype to that. I wanted to be a sales professional. I loved, um, you know, like for me, uh, watching mad men, you know, with, you know, Don Draper was cool as hell, man. You know, selling is an art selling is giving really. And so, you know, I was one of those early guys that understood the power of the people that I know. And I meet, it's the biggest asset I have built the network over 40 years where people say, I know that guy and he's always been genuine. He's always been authentic two buzzwords that people are throwing around like crazy now. But when you really are that way and you really, really don't put the focus on selling somebody something, you put the focus on getting to know them, making a friend. And if what you do can help them do something, it's easy. And it happens at scale. And, you know, so I've I've been super blessed. Uh, Greg Briscoe joined in the show. What's up, my man, Greg? Hey, Um, hey, Greg.
0: Joining us. Yeah. No. Okay. So let's, let's pick apart a couple things there. Cause a couple things yeah. you said stood out, right? So networking, right? Networking is a huge part of your strategy. I know that you're a big component of connecting people, um, but doing it in a way where it may or may not benefit you, which makes a big difference with your reputation, which is everything.
1: So you, you know, you, you digested that beautifully. Uh, one of the rules in my book is is networking is only one letter away from not working. So I always looked at it as, I wanted everybody to know who I was so that if they were gonna make a choice in my category, I'd be one of the choices. So I took the pressure off right from the start and tell people, listen, I I don't care if we ever do a transaction, it's okay. Let's get rid of that pressure. If you need me and want me, I just wanna be one of the people you call. And if I can, if we can work together, great. If we can't, well, maybe you'll know somebody down the road. And people found that so refreshing. Now, conventional wisdom at the time, sales leadership, as I got into the world, looked at me and said, dude, you don't know shit. And you know, you got to be closing, you got to be doing all of that. And I said, just watch me, you know, because... It was a numbers game. If I made five friends a day, it's 25 a week. It's a hundred a month. It's 300 and a quarter. I will blow your doors off. Cause I got all of those people who know who I am, who are basically out there being my bird dogs. They're sending me stuff. Hey, I heard my, I was at lunch today and someone said they needed something that you do. Boom. So I was successful in most of what I did because it wasn't about any product service or price. It was about me. And, and me really genuinely saying how can i help you not some bullshit you know front line just like oh really you know what i should introduce you to somebody and when we first met that was probably exactly what i did for you hey who else can i introduce you to there's value there yeah and and there's
0: a big thing though a lot of people say it but they don't do it correct So, which is, has the exact opposite effect, right? Pretending to lead with value or saying you want to connect <laughs> with people is going to have the exact opposite effect, right? It's going to ruin your reputation. They're not going to trust you. And they're going to think that you had some ulterior motive in even saying that in the first place. So, you know, I, I follow through, you. Follow through is is key with that. Um, but something that you said that really stood out to me was that five people, what'd you say, five people a day?
1: So if I can make five friends a day, which anybody can do, five people a day, times just five days a week. Now, I I think that there's Saturday and Sunday still have the word day in it, so there's seven days in a week. But if you only did it five days a week, that would be 25 a week, 100 a month, 300 and a quarter, No pressure on selling. If you give somebody the space to do that and build their network, the network turns around and works for you. And I've done that for 40 years. So people freak out because when they mention my name, they go, Oh, I know him. He did this. I know that, you know? So, um, the big key to being successful in this economy is awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody knows who you are. You have no shot of doing business with them. So, if you're just willing to you know, get out there and market yourself, you, you said something the other day, I follow your stuff and I find you to be a real authentic voice of authority. And I, I really enjoy the stuff you put out there. But you talked about some of these AI, uh, the AI stuff that's going on um, and the automation where they're trying to imitate relationship building. You can't do that. You, just, you can't do that at scale. Well, and I mean, so-
0: the thing is, is buyers are smarter. So yeah, you can do it, but they know that you're doing it. So it's come off as authentic. There's a place for it for maybe your lower high activity, you know, stuff, but to really build deep, meaningful relationships where you're leading with value, which is what you're talking about. You can't automate that. You can't scale that. But what you can do is what you've done is be consistent with it, right? Don't do it for a week and then say it doesn't work. Don't do it for a couple of weeks or don't say you're supposed to do five a day and only do two and then say, I tried it and it doesn't work. Being consistent with something and it will work for you over time, which you have proved.
1: So so if you look at successful people in life, not just in sales, they are consistent and disciplined period i mean those are two there it's not it's simple it's not easy it you know that's where the challenge is but you know the reality is it's fun for me um we're in a business that right from the get-go was very focused on outcomes what did you do did you hit your quota you know did you make 50 calls you know I, i was really much more interested in consistent behavior and if you look at Sports as a, a corollary or an anal- analogy, people practice every day to do the basics. You know, the best baseball players, the best football players are doing the fundamentals. Every single day, people in sales still dream about that one home run that's going to make their career. And listen, I know guys who have hit that home run and couldn't do shit afterwards. It's all about process, like what you get yourself into. I don't even think about it. My book is my process. People said, Wow, man, you've been a successful guy. Like, how did you do that? Well, I understood right from the get go that there was going to be a lot of rejection. Okay, so how do you deal with that? You deal with it with a process. Don't pay attention to the scoreboard, play every down and go and go and go. And if you do that, you build pipeline, which now is all of a sudden a sexy word. But the the good ones always knew I don't know which ones are going to close, I don't know when they're going to close. All of us have had a scenario where something was like a lock. This one's happening. I'm spending the money already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, happen check, it doesn't happen. check
0: is spent, right? Uh, <laughs> right. And, and, it and it doesn't happen. Is, it's like, I, I, you know, and I've seen it many times is, is they do the process. You have the consistency, and then you hit that triple or you hit that home run, and then you let off the gas. Yeah, Always. Right? So it's staying consistent when things are good, when things are hard and everything in between, right? Being disciplined with whatever your process is. If your goal is to meet five new friends and add value to them every single day, then you need to do it every single day. Not when you're at the top on number one on the board or in the middle or at the bottom, every day, regardless of where you are at that time.
1: Here's an interesting fact of nature that most people don't know. And I ask people all the time, when do lions hunt? And most people say, oh, at night or when they're hungry, lions hunt when they're full. So, you know, if you think about that as a sales takeaway, you know, when you're at the top of your game, that's when you should be out hunting and doing it. Your mojo is in a different place. But to your point, the world we live in is programmed, oh, okay, now I did it and it's done because it's outcome based, not, you know, process based. So, you know, I, I love the process. I'm totally invested in it. It avoid I avoid the major swings of emotion. If you listen to, you know, Russell Wilson, he's all about neutrality, whether I won or not, I'm doing the same thing every day. And if I do it right and I'm great at, I become great at it. I will win more than I lose. So it's a very difficult thing. To understand that it's all about what you're doing. Um, I was fortunate in my career to work with a lot of sports guys. Our sports marketing company was very successful for years. One of my clients was Nick Saban. Well, you know, when Nick won the championship, they're interviewing him and they go, So what are you going to do tomorrow? He goes, We got to break down film. We got to do whatever. (laughs) And everybody was like, You just won the national championship. What do you mean? He goes, Right back in the process. Now I got to be ready for what comes next. And that's what real professionals do.
0: Yeah. All right. So I I think one thing is clear is you found a way to focus on the process, not the income, uh, not the outcome, but also to enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, make it fun, make it exciting, break that apart, you know, break that down for me.
1: So I think most people in sales make it adversarial. You either buy from me or you don't that's a recipe for failure. I basically don't, there are plenty of people who either don't or won't get engaged with me, but they're great people and I love them and I've learned from them and they provide value to my life in a way that is much bigger than whatever the transaction would have been. And so philosophically, I don't look for the sale. I look for meaningful people in my life And people know that they've known it from the get go. And that comes from confidence because I'm going to meet enough people. I'm going to put enough lottery balls in the, in, in the basket. And I truly look to get the most out of people. And I am super blessed. The people that are in my network from 40 years of doing this globally uh, are unbelievable. You know, people say, you know, what do you leave behind or what's, what's your biggest asset? The biggest asset I have is the people I know. No matter what business I'm in, I can make two or three phone calls and create energy, create action, mm. and that's really all what it is. And it's to me it's like playing concentration. Wait a minute. Those two people should meet and boom, something good happens. What a skill. You know what a and thrill. That, that
0: big built over that period of time, how do you even keep track of who's who and what's what and who to connect and who's the right fit. Like, you know, is it just, is it just, you know, do you have a process? Do you have a way of keeping track of this? Do you have like what, what makes you think people are a good match and when is, you know, tell me a little bit about that.
1: So doing it prior to 2012 was very difficult. There weren't. There was no software that helped you manage it or put it in a way that you could. So it was all manual and I did it well, but not as a perfectionist, not the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Along comes LinkedIn and LinkedIn to me was like, holy cow, here's a place where I can put in all of my contacts. I can, the software will do all the sorting for me, where they are in the world, what they do, you know, with notes and everything like that. So I curated a very, very strong LinkedIn network, putting the people I want in there. And I, I think membership has its benefits. So way more people don't get in that get in. You know the, the you know LinkedIn. Oh, I've got thirty thousand people. Okay, how many do you know? Well, none of them. I just you know I'm just sweeping them in so basically that philosophy didn't make sense to me i said i'm gonna put people that i have are good in my life that i want to communicate with on a regular basis and all i have to do is post something and it goes out to the world that doesn't get to everybody every time i don't get caught up in the details but i that methodology of using linkedin building a process and you've taken our course linkedin like a pro you know, it, it's the exact way I started. It's the exact way I do it now. I don't need that kind of volume. I need the right ones. And mm-hmm. I ask a lot of questions and I bring people into my life. And if you build the right network, the multiple of that network, I have 12,000 people that creates a million opportunities if you know how to program LinkedIn. So, you know, it's less is more. And and I yeah. think. That, that is a philosophy that salespeople have a really hard time wrapping their arms around, make it special, make membership, have its benefits. American Express did a great job of that. Um, you know. So for me, I add value to the people that are part of my network with the sort of godfather mentality that at some point, I'm going to come back to you and ask you for a favor that you probably will say yes to. And And I know know that you're,
0: you're, you're a big believer in the quality of that network, not the quantity and a bit of like a bouncer at the door where you're not going to just let anybody
1: in, you know, and there's a criteria that I have created that starts with, if you send me a random invite, I'm going to ask you a question like, Hey, thanks, man. It's cool. Like, how do we know each other, or how did you come to me? You know, like give me some context, which I love when Gary V talks about context. People do shit out of context. So I'm like, give me some context. Most of them never respond. Um, most of it is automated now. So I mean, legitimately, just got an invite from a guy that used to be my neighbor who's in the financial services business. Hi, Steve. Thought it would be good to connect, like, dude, you were my neighbor. What are you talking about? You know, it's it, it's yeah. so ridiculous. But the ones who come back and say, Hey, you know what? Someone mentioned your name and they said you put out good stuff. I'd like to be part of your network. I pull those people out, have a virtual coffee with them, and build a relationship with one question: how can I help you? What can I do for you? And they're like, Wow. <laughs> And then if you do something for them, they tell their whole universe, this guy actually did it. This guy was a man of his word.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, listen up, sales hustlers. That's like a perfect recipe for leading with value in the very first steps of the relationship, which, you know, most people build your network and your network equals your net worth
1: most people think that when they get a prospect's time, that's the opportunity that they got to squeeze everything in. And I had this conversation with a senior director of global training of a monster organization just recently that we're hoping to start working with. And we get on the Zoom call and uh, I look at her, her in the screen and I go, so do you like tuna fish? And she like looks at me like... What are you talking about? I go, no, I'm serious. Do you like tuna? She goes, yeah, 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 I go, well, how do you, how do you make it? Do you, salt and pepper, mayonnaise, what kind of stuff do you put in it? She goes, oh, no, 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 I have a recipe my grandmother told me about, blah, 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 blah. I said, you like, you know, white bread, rye bread, you, you put cheese, you grill it, blah, blah, blah. 15 minutes we were talking about tuna. And I said to her, this is the way to create relationships And the second conversation we'll have will be, how can we help each other? But we will always know that we started our relationship about tuna fish, peanut butter, football, where you travel, where you grew up. And social media has never made it easy. It's so easy to find out what someone's hot button is. I try and tell people. If we were standing in line at Starbucks, which we all know is not an easy thing to do now, but if we were standing in line, you wouldn't just walk up to somebody and go, hey, man, you want to buy my sales training? <laughs> like, you look like an idiot. You know, It's like you would overhear them talking about their favorite football team, and you go, you're a Jet fan? Dude, I have the misery with you. I'm a Jet fan, too. I get it. You could talk all day about the misery of the Jets. That builds relationship fiber that is the start of all of the best business relationships and y- you know our business we're involved in a lot of stuff we have new partnerships that were generated because we connected on LinkedIn took it offline learned more about each other and we said wow one and one is 11 in this scenario let's go do it but if you're looking for a sale man you're going to get slaughtered
0: yeah and and let's let's break that down for a second cuz there's two things about what Steve just said, sales hustlers, is making it about them in the first conversation, not about the sale, not about your products, not about your features, not about booking the demo, booking the discovery call, getting them in the sales funnel, just having a human to human conversation, making it about them and I think what you're saying Steve is it actually blows people's minds when you do that.
1: Well they they get stunned that I'm not switching to the sales script if it were. You know, so I get asked this a lot and I'm I'm fortunate that people consider me a thought leader, but when they ask me they go, "So what's the difference between a business relationship and a friendly relationship?" Mm. And I go, nothing, <laughs> just nothing. Treat them like your friends first. You would never just attack your friends and try and sell them, push them in stuff. You'd never give them bad advice. You'd never go for the gusto because you make a bigger commission. You would never do that to a friend. All of that shit backfires. People remember that. They tell their friends the same way they tell their friends. And almost every single day inbound, somebody is coming into our world and saying, my best friend said, you guys do great work. I'd like to talk to you. What What could be better than that? You know, and it, and it happens with, you know, discipline. Just do the program. Do it right. Um, one of the biggest challenges is sales leadership. Sales leadership is still thinking the old way. Mm-hmm. Make 50 calls, do 50 emails. Well, okay, 50 calls. 1% of those calls are returned. Nobody answers voicemail anymore. And you can't call me. I'm not answering the phone if I don't know the number. So that's out. Okay, now let's look at email. Same thing, less than 1%. You know, so the tools have changed. And yet the new tools, nobody's investigating. Nobody's really investing. And when I say nobody, percentage-wise, less than 10% of the sales world is using all the things that are available to them. We do. You know, uh, you know, most of the people, oh, I don't want to get in front of a camera. Well, guess what? Video gives you a hundred percent more chance of closing something. So,
0: And I think the problem is, is if you can't track it in the CRM, they don't want you spending time doing it.
1: Correct. So the biggest challenge with LinkedIn or social media work was, Hey, how do we measure it? You know, Mark and I spent a lot of time figuring that out. And so we can actually can drive uh, we call it C to C it's uh, connections to conversations. How many are we connecting with and then having a irrelevant dialogue with, and the numbers are staggering because again, it's the simple thing two to five a day done every day over a period of time. You can track that. And uh, man, from a prospecting standpoint, it's never been easier. Um, but I, I think people are stuck. You know, the pandemic is an excuse You know, I think people have said, okay, well, I can't do this because of that. And there's a lot of people. I would
0: say that it's actually made it easier. I agree. Already adopted virtual. This is like, this is a dream for them. It's like, hey, it's never, everybody's willing to hop on a Zoom or virtual coffee or they're at home. They have less distractions. They're not in the office wasting time with coworkers. Like it's made a lot of things easier. And if you're not using that to your benefit, then what the hell are you doing?
1: So it's interesting. So pre-COVID, I spent every week on a plane. I was in a city or two cities every week, either speaking or coaching or developing some of the businesses that I developed. And so that was just sort of the gig. And you know, I, didn't, I wasn't unhappy about it, but wasn't the most efficient thing. Planes are late and, you know, lots of cars and, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. Well, sitting in my seat now in a pair of shorts and a great pair of Nikes, I've doubled the business, much more efficient, much more personal, much more. So it's just adapting and people have a hard time with change. Again, I go back to sports things and sports, sports people. I was fortunate to meet Pat Riley early in my career. Here's a guy who said, the only thing you can count on in life is change. So you better learn to embrace it. And the ones who are embracing it are going, man, why would I drive all the way across town to meet somebody that's a dud? (laughs) It's like, well, like, so I don't think it will replace face to face. I think it will make face to face much more um, appropriate when it happens. Instead of, you know, oh my God, or has any salesperson listening to this, has anybody gone to a face-to-face meeting and the secretary comes out and I'm sorry, he had an emergency and he had to leave oh, like, yeah. like a half hour ago. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, come on. Like, does that really happen? Or, you know, uh, so, oh my God, I drove all the way across town. It cost me time, gas, money, parking. Ring it up! Oh, you can't make it. Let's schedule for tomorrow.
0: <laughs> right, right, simple, right. You know? Now, I want to I want to clear clear up one thing and just you know ask your, your take on this. So I know you the, you're talking about leading value with these relationships with this you know this process. And are you saying that the first conversation? Don't try to sell them anything.
1: So, um, if you've done a good job at asking the right questions, and this is part of the challenge is you got to invest in understanding what questions you should ask, but you should have a pretty good understanding. If I was on this call with you, I would want to get a feel for what you do and who you do it with. So ultimately you could paint that picture for me. And I would go, Hey, Colin, you know what, based on what you just told me, I got two people in my world, you know, I'm out meeting people all day long. I got two people in my world I think you should meet that you might be able to solve a problem for them and do business with them. Your head is spinning like, whoa, what, what, what just happened here? This guy didn't ask me for a sale. This guy seems like he's confident. He knows what he's doing and he's turning me on to business before I even pay him. I want more of you. <laughs> when can we talk again? So, so is so, that
0: typically your goal when you meet somebody new is to try to connect them with two new people?
1: My goal is to add value any way I can. You know, so I'll say to them, what's, what's keeping you up at night? And they'll say something and I'll go, you know, I deal with lots of CEOs. I coach CEOs all over the globe. I have two right now that are struggling with that same problem. Here's what they're doing. You know, maybe that helps. You know, not hiding it until they can buy my services. Give it to them. Here you go. Try that. And then let me know. The minute it works or doesn't work, they want to have another conversation with you. You know what? It sort of worked. But I like that idea. And I like the way you think. You know, i got more stuff I want to talk to you about. So, you know, it it comes down to, you know, are you legitimately providing value? If you are, you'll get paid. Yeah. And if you got to put in a way where we don't
0: expect anything in Nothing. return.
1: Nothing. I, uh, I don't expect anything. Even when we get into the sales process, we get there, we've done something. There's a relevant opportunity. The only thing I expect is courtesy. Like, like Connell, listen, wh- this is good. You've suggested that you want a proposal from me. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the work to do the proposal, but my expectation is in three days we're going to have a follow-up conversation so that we can decide if it's a fit or not. Most salespeople don't do that, and then they go, "I can't believe the client ghosted me." (laughs) Well, you didn't set up the parameters. (laughs) You know, it's your fault. You let that business be out there, so I get people shaking their head. Do we agree? Like, listen, I'm not just going to send you a proposal. If you don't want to agree to agree, I'm cool. We're done. You call me when you need me, but you know, and I write about this in the book. It's a dance. There's only one leader in the dance. If you want to use my services, my experience, whatever, you know, it's on my terms, not on yours. But most salespeople get into the puppy dog. Mm -hmm. Please buy. Oh, 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 please. Oh, give me a. You know, you know. To me, those turned out to be the worst relationships anyway. It's the ones that don't respect the process, don't treat you with integrity, that turn out to be a gigantic pain in the ass. Anyway, I wanna jump in the pool with people we can legitimately do good things together where my confidence level is really high. Listen, baseball players that are at the plate, when that fastball comes down, they go, I got this. Should be the same for every salesperson. It's like, you know what your sweet spot is. Stick to the discipline, don't go after the garbage stick to the discipline. You'll be hitting base hits all day long. And that's what the best ones do.
0: It takes discipline and it takes confidence and it takes not undervaluing yourself and your time.
1: Which is where most people go wrong is they leave the house undervaluing what they do. And that's the biggest challenge. We sort of break our training into four buckets. The first one is mindset. If you're kicking the shit out of yourself before you leave the house. Don't just stay under the covers, you know, mental conditioning for a game or a business where you're dealing with a lot of rejection is real. I mean, you have to mentally condition yourself and most people don't, they get trained on features and benefits, but no one's going to say like, how do I build a relationship? How do I deal with rejection? How do I deal with all those negative thoughts that are running through my head? Um, ADD, all the other things You know, it's, it's not easy, but if you build the right process, have the right intakes, the right outtakes. So mindset really, really sets off everything. And then time management, if you can nail those two buckets, which is not an easy thing to do, but if you can nail those two, um, it creates freedom. Freedom Mm -hmm. creates unlimited capacity to make money. Most people think it makes money. It doesn't like, I don't give a shit if you buy or not. Mm-hmm. like you're a good guy let's just chill man let's you know it's um everybody's looking to grab something change your focus and give it and watch what happens and that's the last rule in my book is give to get the more you give the universe will give you plenty back not one-to-one i don't look for you to give it to me it's coming i don't know where it's coming and all of a sudden it's like wow look at that deal you know so you know. yeah
0: yeah yeah I think that's a great high note to to end it on is you got to give to get, you know, and Steve, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. Let folks know where they can connect with you, where they can learn more about what you're doing.
1: Well, um, every morning on all the social media channels, 8 a.m. Eastern time, we do the Noodleberg Daily Huddle. That's myself and my son, Mark, who uh, had a, a great career as a college football coach he jumped out and has brought the disciplines of football coaching to the business world. So he and I uh, shoot the shit for 30 minutes every morning. We give real sales value. It's fun. It's entertaining. We have music. Um, the following mm-hmm. we've gotten is great. So that's the best place. But clearly, anything in the social media realm, Noodleberg is where you would find us. And I answer all my own stuff. So people reach out and they go, I got a question. I'll be the one answering it. I don't have a team of people doing all that. And that's why my relationships are real because I'm not the Wizard of Oz. I'm out in front of the curtain. So uh, you keep doing what you're doing because the, the world needs more of you, Colin. You're a great ambassador for salespeople. You are genuine, authentic. I'm glad you're in my life.
0: I uh, appreciate it, Steve. We got the link there for you guys. And that is a perfect example of Steve Nudelberg leading and providing value. So uh, we will be doing more of these lives. And if you're listening, uh, please you know, check out the podcast, Sales Hustle, on all your favorite platforms. Subscribe, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.